social distancing is not an option. Hello and welcome to episode number 62 of Grumpy Old Ben's. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it's probably like 40 degrees outside, but it's okay because we're supposed to be hiding under the bed anyway. And from America's left coast, where I'm only happy when it rains, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Yeah, you heard that garbage song. I dig that song. It's old. I can't believe you were playing that garbage. (laughs) It's a good song. I, like yeah. and garbage well and- i th- this morning i already had to like go install some impromptu blinds because the sun is just at the right level where uh at this this sunrise is coming in and hitting my monitor right in the new position so i couldn't see anything I'm like okay fuck it i'm just pinning up a blanket over the window for now i didn't know I, you ever had I'd be happier if it in other words, it's sunny as crap i'm only happy when it rains let's go that seems absolutely positively right and in seattle that was one of the stories, yeah. which wasn't nothing really something that needed to be talked about on Grumpy Old Ben's. I was just kind of laughing that Seattle, Seattle hardly ever needs to be talked about. Yeah, I mean, there's streets now, I guess, 20 miles worth of streets in Seattle that were closed for this coronavirus. Because, I mean, that makes absolute positive sense. But they're like, well, this people can go out and they can feel more free to walk and bike and do things you know, get a little exercise. So at least it's good. They wanted their slaves and citizens out in the streets, but now they're saying they're going to make this a permanent thing on this 20 miles of roads, except, I mean, there are exceptions and I don't get when you start doing exceptions to anything like this, how it's going to work because they're like, well, you know, residents, delivery drivers, you know, that kind of stuff, they'll be able to use the streets and it's like, well, then it's not closed it's no they're 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 going to be delivery walkers they're not driving anywhere they can park their van at the city edge seattle seattle is is one of those weird places they they still suffer from delusions of being a small town uh they and and they're also it's kind of a a collectivist utopia type of city so they they have the normal uh you know collectivist uh ideas that uh any kind of automobile traffic is it's uh, you know as a sign of capitalism is automatically evil and should be shunned um the the city is is one of the only cities that tolls roads uh where you know almost all the other tolls around here are done by the state uh they uh have they have city tolls too (laughs) yeah there's city toll roads um years and years ago they shut down third avenue which is you know one of the main streets that goes all the way to downtown and they opened up half of it as a bus only lane and the other half as uh bicycles um so this is this is a very seattle thing to do uh if I, I, commerce is bad because that's capitalism but also uh you, you have to save the environment and cars are bad for the environment because they consume fossil fuels and so it completely makes sense to limit your ability to your your economic viability downtown or or in the city by trying to prevent people from engaging in commerce. Uh, yeah, not surprised at all. 
No, and what you need vehicles for commerce. There's no doubt about that. But we've, you know, you've heard this with places like London talking about, well, they want to go completely non. And again, they're personal vehicles. So buses and I would assume trucks and things that need to move things around would be allowed. But yeah, this isn't a new concept. It's, yeah, it, it it is. It's not new. Uh, I hadn't heard that the, the COVID angle is is new to me. Um, I hadn't heard why well, I, I hadn't heard about cities, uh, streets being shut down. Uh, but the idea that, hey, you know, once once we got our camel nose in the tent, uh, once once we got our foot in the door, then hell, yeah, you're never getting those streets back. That that's the Seattle way. Right. Never. Well, you don't want to let a good disaster go to waste. You got to use COVID for whatever you can. Oh, we've been meaning to shut down these streets anyway. It's like, huh, we have a pandemic now. I mean, this this lets us well, do it. For, in, in theory. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, what What is a pandemic? I mean, yes, there's there's a widespread infection of fear of people freaking out about a flu virus uh, stoked by a massive propaganda machine that despite all evidence of the contrary, the the general population still appears to be giving their trust to well in a pandemic to be fair is any kind of disease any kind of contagion that quickly goes worldwide it doesn't mean that it's deadly so when somebody says pandemic you you mean like propaganda yes well no wait propaganda actually is deadly (laughs) that's the difference i think Uh, and 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 it very quickly goes worldwide it quickly goes i'm just saying that the 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 pandemic of you know, every seasonal flu is a pandemic because people are able to trans you know move to between countries very quickly open borders everybody free flowing across you know all of the globalist utopia that that we have where everybody can be wherever they want whenever they want and the result is that the moment one person gets a sniffle somewhere in New Delhi it's global within two weeks that. That's just a side effect of the global economy that we have. Um, every every flu is a pandemic, uh, but if you want to know the real destructive pandemic, it's the the propaganda and the fear mongering around this particular virus that has been singled out to have a fantastic PR and marketing campaign. Well, that is the interesting thing about this pandemic is that because it's something new. You don't know what it's going to do until you get the data. So by science, the only thing you can go by is a guess. I mean, you could try to be as good with your guessing. You can try to use the latest algorithms. But for, for science, you're supposed to make educated guesses. But but the state of education being what it is. Well, it seems what they did was go well the last thing this was fairly similar to was sars and they knew that was that was pretty bad but they really jumped back to the 1918 flu and went oh my god we're gonna have millions of people dead without taking into effect uh into account that the world is a slightly different place than it was in 1918 when it comes to technology yeah yeah Yes, uh, we we now have supercomputers that we can carry around in our pockets that can talk to each other and report our our location and everybody that we've communicated with it to a mothership just by installing an app. Well, that, that is that's a bonus, right? Well, that's the rabbit hole 
that you went down to. And I think moving forward, uh, this is yeah. this is going to be the scary, uh, very uh, 1984-ish thing that comes out of this. And the fact that they're going to get people like they've gotten people to carry around cell phones, which are already great for tracking and listening to anything you're saying. The new thing will be, well, you know what? You have to install our app so we can protect you. And yeah, that's not yeah, going to go to good things. <laughs> to, and and you, you were saying that it, nobody could have predicted uh, all of the, the economic fallout. And I'm sitting here going, actually, 10 weeks ago, I did predict the econo- economic fallout. The very first time that Jay fucking Inslee decided that he was going to shut down schools and non-essential businesses back in the beginning of March, when most other places were looking around going virus, what virus? And he's like, nope, let's shut down all economic activity in the state. And I looked at that and went, these people are overreacting and this is escalating. And yes, uh, the the virus itself is starting to go away. In fact, uh, the field hospitals that were hastily put up are, are now being dismantled all over the place, including the one that's uh, in the McDonald's parking lot only a few blocks from here. And um yeah, it went up and I have never ever saw a person or a car there other than the one. Yeah, you know, and it turns out that most of these field hospitals were never used. Which by the way, the governors are all saying, "Well, that's a that's a success because it turns out that we were able to control it." There is no outcome that they're not going to take credit for, is there? No, because th- well, that's it. This is a sign that we flattened the curve, thus we didn't need the millions of dollars and we had multiple ones in yeah. the Chicago area where they went into McCormick Place here and built the field yeah. hospital and the half hospital- a billion dollars to put up temporary hospital stuff. And by the way, yes, you are paying for some of that. So am I. Yeah. And they never needed it, but you're right. The response to that is going to be one that rational people, if you don't really dig too deeply into it, will go along with because it's like, you know what? We're better off having it and not needing it than needing it, and not having it. That's logic. Parents have, you know, you've used this kind of stuff all the time with your kids. And the problem with that is when you're talking a collapse of an economy, when you're talking how many millions of dollars something cost, uh, you're hearing already reports of all the ventilators that New York didn't need, but they said they did. And then you hear the fact that this wasn't a disease that really required a ventilator. Ventilators seem to be killing people. If you believe the data out of New York, 80% 80% of the people that were put on ventilators died. So do you really need the ventilators? Yes. So the, the, the virus itself is going away. The results, the lasting results that are, we're going to be stuck with for two years, five years, 10 years permanently are uh, the uh, loss of privacy around these apps. Uh, the loss of constitutional and basic civil rights because now uh, all of these governors and political parties have suddenly got a taste of, hey, we can seize as much power as we want. All we have to do is declare an emergency and nobody can say anything that that I mean, that was an open secret before. But now everybody is looking at this going, look at how, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, y'all other governors, check out what I can make these citizens do. <laughs> well, it's Hold like a video beer. game. It's like, it's like all of a sudden these guys were put into a video game. You know, like, uh, you know, 
San Andreas or one of those where it's like, oh, wait, I can pistol whip hookers and get away with it. This is what these governors were like, because it's like, oh, wait, all of a sudden I can do stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, this is awesome. All you have to do is say there's an emergency, which requires nothing more than a government governor executive order or a simple majority in Congress or legislature. I mean, it depends on the state, but but it's pretty easy. It's just as easy as passing a tax increase. And you know how much they love to do that. And all you have to do is say, hey, it's an emergency. Let's take away everybody's everybody's civil rights. Let's prevent everyone from speaking. Let's trample on everything. You know, if the Constitution is not the Constitution because it's a it's a set of permissions that that we'd like to have, but only when things are going OK and and when you're. Uh, fearless dictators say you can have them the con the way the constitution is supposed to work is these are hard limits motherfucker that is that is how uh, these rights are not to be trampled it's uh, nobody put in the constitution that you know you have the right to freedom of speech and freedom to assemble except when we decide that there's a virus that's a little bit worse than the flu going around and then you don't have any rights at all that's not written that's not what's in there no, it says, you know, thou shalt not. It says Congress is prohibited from. It doesn't say any exceptions about, oh, well, what if there's an emergency or what if people are scared? Well, you know what? I'm not scared of the virus, but I am a little pissed off at the number of people who are so freaked out about the virus that they have decided that they are just going to lay down and say, no, we don't have any rights at all. Because congratulations, you freaking idiots. You are all now slaves. You know what people are when you have an overbearing government and no civil rights? That's a slave. You are a slave. Well, I don't know about you. I'm still going to protect mine. I still have a second amendment. I'm going to use that to protect the other ones. I, there was a, there was a comic going around. Uh, I, I found it. I found it on Reddit, but um, it needs to be everywhere. And it was in the first panel. It was some millennial looking dude with sideburns and, you know, neck beard saying, how many people have to die before you're willing to give up your rights? And then, you know, the next was uh, an angel dude who looked like a, a grizzled GI soldier comes down, slowly floats down, hands him a piece of paper and floats back up to the sky. Dude flips over the paper. It says all of them, because that's how many people have to die before I feel like it's justified that we have to give up our civil rights. And to be fair to some of the people in government, I mean, not all because there is a ton of corruption, but I think there are a lot of people in government who were so freaked out by what they were told by studies and these guesses and these models that meaning well, they went, we got to do something. There's a lot of those governors out there, I'm sure, just for every Gretchen Whitmer who goes, oh, you can't even go buy seeds. But our buddy, cold acid, we're finding in the troll room. And if you're not in the troll room when we're doing these shows live at 11 a.m. Central, you're missing out at noagendastream.com. He made a comment that said, Sir Bemrose wants more people to die. To be fair, you've wanted that long it, before the it, pandemic. Well, yeah, I, the, the, the virus has nothing to do with that. Uh, you know what? What it is, is it, it is a tragedy when people die, but it is also an inevitability. And it, it it's also not something that I have control over. And more importantly, the there are... 
as much as, as some of your teachings would argue that it, any life saved is worth any cost, um, that's just not true because, well, okay, here's, here's the simple math. For every single person that COVID-19 killed through pneumonia, through cytokine storm, through being plugged into a, a fucking vacuum pressure machine, I'm not sure. For uh, you know, for uh, falling out of a car while skydiving—that uh, those are COVID deaths in New York, I'm told. Um, for every single death that can be attributed to this COVID virus, there is going to be a thousand uncounted deaths caused by the extreme poverty and destruction of basic civil services and 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 businesses, and, and the the fact that we have just engineered a depression in the next five years, there will be a thousand people die from the overstepping the bounds of, of what is, is right from the overreach from the overreaction to COVID. There are going to be a thousand people died for every single one that the virus killed. No, nobody's going to be able to count those because every one of them is going to be, you know, oh, well, actually this person uh, was already living paycheck to paycheck and, uh, you know, ended up out on the street because they couldn't pay rent. And, and yeah, the reason they couldn't pay rent is because they were suddenly prohibited by executive order from going out and working their job. But that doesn't matter. It's, you know, it'll be two years from now that they'll be on the street, they'll get hooked on drugs, and then they'll just become a statistic because they just died on the street oh no yet another homeless person it's it's a you know a homeless pandemic that we have no this is you just drove people out of their houses because you prevented them from going and living their lives um you know deaths from suicides are going are already spiking uh deaths from uh people who uh you know depression uh uh um a whole um what 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 is it domestic violence is up uh, yes. uh all of these things that are unintended consequences at least i i'd like to give these bureaucrat fucks the benefit of the doubt and hope that they're unintended but these are consequences of the overreaction of saying everybody stop what you're doing and cower in place well and i would hope that but i believe it was cnn i just did a quick look and didn't see the story but earlier i believe there was a story that was exactly what you're saying. All the unintended consequence that, you know, another, I forget what it was, 100,000, 75,000 people could die because of these things. And at first I'm like, well, CNN, this is too early for you to run this story because you don't want everything to open back up quite yet. But then I'm like, well, they're just trying to blame Trump. Now the lockdown, even yes. though people like Pelosi are saying you didn't do it soon enough to save enough people. Now Trump's going to be blamed that, well, you didn't open it up enough early to save enough people. And I wouldn't want to be in politics. I would I at least wouldn't it's, want to be president. It's, it's funny how, how, you know, when, when Trump does something they don't expect, they suddenly get torn between their orange man bad and their, their totalitarian impulses. Yeah, it, it really, it short wires their brain because orange man bad, everything he has to be wrong. And that just isn't the case i mean has he done stuff wrong sure but anytime you go after one person 
that everything they're doing is wrong. He, he got he got elected president. That already means that he's there's something wrong with him. But yeah, it also means he's better at anybody your side had. So there's also that. But oh, I don't know about better. Uh, I I have not I have not yet seen a person in the office of president during my lifetime that I would consider is a good person. Every single one of them. It, it there's a very strong correlation between being able to get elected president and being a total authoritarian douchebag, at least in my personal experience. Now, my experience only goes back to Jimmy Carter, who was probably the pussiest of them, but still. I need to go and pull out the audio clip from my random thoughts podcast from when this coronavirus started and take at least a small victory lap if the data holds up. There were at least two medical professionals that sent statements in to testify in front of the Senate in regards to the coronavirus, the mortality rate. And, and the things surrounding it. Uh, one, in a written testimony, it's said here on a Breitbart article, which, of course, everybody go, oh, Breitbart. Well, go look it up. Uh, Scott, Atlas, <laughs> really, it's like, well, you can find this in other sources, but that's, uh, you know, that's the my, game. My, that- my favorite is is when when somebody's like, oh, it's Breitbart. The story's probably wrong. And I'm like, OK, if you clicked, you would realize in the very first sentence they were linking to, you know, this other official site that isn't right, you know. Yes. Do your homework. Yeah, like, that always helps. Like they, you know, <laughs> but they, they got that story from MSNBC. Oh, well, oh, that oh must be true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how you know. That's your barometer. But uh, in his written testimony, Dr. Scott Atlas, senior fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institute, said this. By now, multiple studies from Europe, Japan and the U.S. all suggest that the overall fatality rate is far lower than early estimates perhaps below 0.1% to 0.4%, i.e. You don't say. 10 to 40 (laughs) times lower than estimates that motivated the extreme isolation. And when I first heard about this coronavirus, just from the early things I read, I said, you know what? The flu is between 0.1 and 0.5. I'm like, my guess is it's going to be somewhere in that 1.5 to 3. And And, and here, here on Grumpy Old Ben's, we had and you you actually read a note from a producer of our show who said oh this sir bemrose's office rocker you can't believe anything he says <laughs> he says that this new virus the one that nobody had even hardly heard of because it hadn't really hit the news by the time we we had this show oh this sir bemrose he says that this virus isn't even as bad as the flu the and, note and actually the note and, actually was that the flu vaccine had killed more people than coronavirus but you're on the same crazy well, I, and 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 i you know i could even stay I, <laughs> I don't know the numbers are close now i i was gonna say i i could even stand by that if you exclude all of the people who died of coronavirus because they got in a car accident or set themselves on fire or got shot in a murder suicide because they couldn't stand six weeks in the same room with the same person well yeah i mean really i guess we're lucky that your wife doesn't own a firearm or just you don't have ammo or yeah well she knows where mine are and therefore i have to keep her happy that makes sense that makes sense uh echoing dotler dr <laughs> atlas dr john io i io anadis either doctor's names always really hard to say 
uh, a Stanford University professor of medicine, epidemiology, and population health, as well as of biomedical data science and statistics. I mean, so this guy just must be an idiot. Explained the difference between the infection fatality rate and the crude fatality rate in his written testimony, noting shelter, quote, shelter in place and lockdown orders were justified initially when announcements declared a new contagious virus with a 3.4% fatality rate and no asymptomatic infections. Prospects of 60 million deaths worldwide led to comparisons against the 1918 influenza. However, currently we know that asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic infections are very common. The number of people infected also are far more than those documented to date because of the testing. Infection fatality rate is accordingly much lower than the crude fatality rates derived from dividing the number of deaths by the number of documented confirmed cases. Then summing it up, the fatality rate from COVID-19 is highly dependent on age and modulated by the presence of underlying medical issues. For children and young adults, it appears the infection fatality rate is lower than seasonal influenza. For middle-aged adults, uh, it's about the same. So again, this yeah. is what we've been told all along. The seniors, the people with conditions, you need to be careful. Everybody else, it's the flu. It's a comparison it's, to the flu. And and is it a hilarious uh, irony that the the older people, the ones who are actually more susceptible to this virus, are the ones who are like yeah we've been this isn't my first rodeo we've been through this before it's okay we we'll, we'll get through this too not all of us but most of us will we're fine and the young sky is falling new authoritarian people for whom uh who, who apparently aren't old enough to remember sars uh are the ones who were freaked out the most about this and they're the ones who had nothing to worry about Okay, I'm I'm stereotyping, not all of them. It's it's wrong to categorize everybody, but it, it's interesting to see. Well, and again, understanding the data because uh, somebody like our buddy CSB in the uh, No Agenda Social says virus going away. No, it has not peaked yet in USA! Exclamation point. Well, it well depends. no, there's still there's still money flowing into its propaganda machine. You know that it's going to stay in the news for as long as it still has PR. But in, and again, it's like so. There are more cases of it. It's the fatality rate that you have to look at because otherwise you do have to compare it to a flu. People get sick. Millions of people every year get the flu and they don't die. This is uh, worse, but uh, thousands of people do die and that's horrible and a tragedy, but it also fucking happens and it hasn't destroyed our economy or society yet. Unlike the reaction. Yes, because the more testing you're going to do, those numbers are going to go up. And I know people don't understand that. Uh, one of these other doctors, uh, stats guys pointed out, it's like, well, look, if you're getting a hundred, say, new cases a day confirmed, but you were doing a hundred tests a day a month ago, now you're doing a million tests a day, but you're still getting a hundred new tests, you know, a hundred new positives a day. That's way less, but that's not how the media is looking at this. It's always those numbers just keep going up and adding up and people go, oh my God, it's spreading. But that's not how statistics work. You're the math genius. You should be able to explain that. Uh, no, I'm an expert. <laughs> we established that last year. So you're not a genius. I, oh, I'm an expert. Okay, but not a genius. That, that's, no, that's better because Experts you, are you better? don't see people go on TV and saying, uh, you know, this person is a genius. You see people going on TV saying this person is an expert 
and then you know everybody believes them so uh, experts are more credible we we realize this from having been trained by news which is why I we always give we book you at grumpy old bands you are a resident expert at everything yes well at everything that i claim to be an expert at but the the result is going to be these tracking apps and i know you probably did way more reading on these things than uh you yeah. wanted to do yes yes what did I sh- you find I should out? go down that I should go down that rabbit hole. Actually, I want to start, though, uh, and and temper my complaint about the reaction to the virus with credit where credit is due. Uh, the part of the reason why there has been a lot less uh, than expected virus activity is because we reacted to it. And here are the things that were beneficial. And, and we kind of knew these going into um, washing your hands, um, not standing in personal space of people um uh wearing a mask if you're symptomatic there there are a few things where people changed their behaviors and that absolutely had an effect and by the way that is the kind of shit that should happen every flu season if you are coughing and sneezing and spraying viruses because you had the seasonal flu put a fucking mask on good uh, I, I, you know, when when you go out and and you, you know, are are putting your hands all over the same, uh, you know, tainted doorknobs that everybody else does, then, you know, wash your hands after going to the bathroom. It, there's some basic stuff and credit where credits due. I honestly think that the effect, the impact of this virus is less. Well, of course, of that. and you have to understand, too, the testing, which is the never ending drone from the democrats here in the united states testing testing we need more testing well in tanzania this was a story i first heard about on no agenda yesterday then read a few stories about it they got some tests in and then admitted they were from china so i mean again you might want to question (laughs) things coming from china but the the people in tanzania were smart enough to go well you know what i'm questioning the quality of these testing kits so they went out and they got some samples from various animals, livestock, and even a sample from a fruit called a pawpaw, which I thought was great since we already had our um, you know, Surgeon General <laughs> say, doing it for your pop pop. Well, this was the, the new meme. Can we do it for your pawpaw? And the results that came back, including the results from the fruit, the pawpaw, positive for COVID-19. You don't say. No, it's amazing. It's everywhere. I, you know, I can if if somebody pays me to do it, I can implement a very very easy test. I'll even write the code for it. The code is, uh, you know, test. Uh, if you know, if testing return true, done. There, there's your code, uh, and and then Wait. you get paid a lot of money because the people with agendas, uh, they they get what they need, right? Yes, but no, you have to add one line of code, which is a random number generator and like maybe 15 percent say not positive, just so it looks like there are some not positive people still. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't it still won't take into account the inputs, just just random. So you've teased it twice. Um, I want to I want to mention the apps that that have come out. Everybody uh, has probably heard of of the app situation where we we now have uh covid tracker apps uh effectively here's here's the the idea behind the app uh the app will sit on your phone 
and passively ping every other phone nearby for the purpose of identifying everybody that you have come in contact with. Nothing scary. Then about that. at at any point in the future when somebody is diagnosed with the virus uh or becomes symptomatic or otherwise is is pointed out as infection, uh the idea then is that you can anonymously uh ping, identify or or notify everybody that they've come in contact with saying you are potentially uh, a carrier or potentially infected with this virus now if this is a video game then uh, it or or a, a zombie survival movie then you look at this and go yeah okay that's uh it, it it's interesting to see the exponential growth amongst the population in real time it, it the very idea fascinates me from a computer science perspective but of course from the perspective of a person who just having stood near somebody for a minute and happened to have the app on my phone uh, and they, they may or may not have had it and I may or may not have breathed the same air, but suddenly getting marked as, as you are, you are now infected because the person who was, you know, <clears throat> that, the idea that okay we have one confirmed case and then you go back and retroactively notify uh you know the 10 people that they contacted and then the 100 people that they all contacted and then the 1000 people that they all contacted is you're bringing it in some other social dynamics the the first and most immediate of which is unnecessary panic because of those 10 people yeah all 10 of them could have been infected but maybe only two of them were and now you're notifying a thousand people that, hey, you could potentially have been affected when the chance is 0.1%. Well, so, it, it varies greatly. I mean, a couple of things. One, this data is already out there, as we saw when they tracked everybody that was on a Florida beach one day where their, their phones went then for like the next week all around the United States. So we know that the cell phone companies already have this data adding the app is only going to identify you or or let you think i guess because i think you're already being identified the app is just there as a way to go well see no you opted into this and like they're not going to be taking your data anyway i think that's bullcrap that no matter what they're taking your data but the question then becomes they're just using phone data location data so say you pull up to that's a McDonald's and you decide to eat your meal in the car and the person who decides to eat their meal in their car next to you was like technically within five feet of you for 10 minutes and they get the disease and then you're going to be pinged because they don't know you were both in your car with your wind with your windows rolled up well sure that's that's definitely one possible uh <clears throat> failure mode of this uh so Seeing a need for these apps and and getting you know government dollar signs in their eyes, uh, Apple and Google uh, both got together and uh, because they happen to be the ones who create the operating systems for most of the phones out there, uh, they got together and issued some some guidelines for how to build one of these apps, uh, and and that was that was really the key to getting into my rabbit hole. So uh, the design for the apps. Um, so the way it works is if you have the app installed, then your phone is constantly and permanently emitting Bluetooth signals to find other phones. Uh, 
it, now let's let's put aside what that is doing to your battery power yeah but, killing it yeah it's just uh, it's gonna devastate your battery power but uh hey why you know all in the name of being safe um so <clears throat> anytime that you are around somebody else for a certain period of time and the recommended is five minutes but uh this is obviously uh, it, and by the way apple and google are not implementing these in fact uh both companies have said they are not writing the apps it's up to somebody else that you contract these are just guidelines so the people writing the app could make it so that if you get a single ping for five seconds from another bluetooth phone then you're marked as having been near them but that's uh so the the apple and google guidelines suggest five minutes but anytime you're around somebody else for that amount of time it records the interaction into your app uh the recommendation for the app is that app uh, apple and google recommend that you process these notifications on device or the interactions on device which means uh Anytime that that you for for whatever reason in a database or or by a doctor get marked as having the cooties, it will uh, anonymously tell everybody that you contacted. And by that, what it means is it will it will ping the cloud to find the IDs of everybody that you connected to. Uh, their phones will then light up. And this is this is the recommended implementation. Uh, you ping the IDs, their phones will light up. They will pop up the scary, uh, you know, you've got COVID dialogue. <laughs> I hope and they bring that phone. guy out of retirement to re-record the, you've got mail too. You've got COVID. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then in the, the design, once the phone receives the notification, it goes into its internal database of everybody that's connected to and pings all of the people who uh, it, it had contact with to to further propagate this uh uh exponential growth of panic um so here's here's the problem most of the governments uh most of the people who are implementing these apps uh, don't really like the Apple and Google reference implementation. For one thing, uh, there's a number of them who are saying, well, this can be uh, this can be transmitted in less than five minutes. It can be transmitted in one minute. So we're, you know, so they, they might say that, which which significantly increases the number of people that you get contacts with. Um, another huge sticking point is that the governments who are implementing these apps are uh trying to say that they don't want the data to be stored on the phone they want the data to be stored in a central database and the rationale is pretty simple if somebody turns their phone off they don't get the ping and more importantly it doesn't propagate the ping forward um now keeping that information on the phone is good for privacy and that's kind of that that was you know apple and google both are interested in selling phones and customers over the last few years have started to maybe think that privacy might be a thing that they're interested in and so they're trying to protect the privacy of the people who buy their phones and so the way to do this is is we're not sending the information about your location every five minutes and everybody that you've ever come in contact with up to a central government server that you had no control over but that's exactly what they want and the so the publicly given reason is well we need to be able to track this without people turning their phones on so that's the first sticking point well yeah but okay uh, the, i just have a question there one would yeah. be if you want to use this 
to find out that somebody has come into contact with you that was then found out to have the virus. You couldn't do this all on the phone. You would need to have a mothership because it's not just who. Otherwise, it's just an alert that somebody you're near right now has the virus. It would do nothing to help uh, track it down if a new outbreak, for instance, was to break out. But what I see happening is somebody like Orion Bemrose, a smart ass programmer who wants to go to a bar on a Friday night where it's packed would just take your friends like, you know, we're never going to get a seat. We're never going to get served. It's too busy. You'd be like, no, no, we're going. And you walk into the bar and you press a new app that you wrote on your phone. Everybody's phone on the place lights up with you've got Rona. Everybody goes running for the door and you sit down and you're like, I'd like some nachos and a Guinness, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except that you can't get any service uh, because even the employees <laughs> the servers took off. are running too, right? Okay, there's that. <laughs> uh but but let's not get ahead i i i've got i've got a different story about the security one the actual security problems coming up but uh so uh by the way i do have and and it'll be in the show notes because i found it fascinating but i didn't get much to talking points out of it um there is a uh a tracker app tracker out there which is uh right now it's a spreadsheet connected to a database but it is a tracker uh for tracking identifying and rating privacy levels of every covid tracker app out there which i did find fascinating uh the you know some of the worst ones like the uh uh, france ignored the apple and google guidelines and went out and wrote their own and uh it's terrible uh the uk wrote their own um germany went ahead and followed the guidelines but the the real interesting one is the india tracker app the the one in india uh in in particular and this is the story that started me in the rabbit hole is the city of noida uh noida i i don't know how to pronounce it n-o-i-d-a um who they uh their their entire state in india they have given um they, they have given the edict that everybody shall install this tracker app or you'll be fined uh you you will get uh a fine <laughs> in fact it's a fine of up to a thousand rupees oh which by the way that's that's about 13 dollars um but the the statement from the police chief of noida said not installing the app will be considered a violation of lockdown orders and police will be conducting random checks on roads and at border checkpoints between the states of india to make sure that your app is installed uh the article points out that that there was uh no official word on what exactly happens if you are found to not have a smartphone with you which is exactly how i would be doing this shit <laughs> well yeah because as our buddy D- digiguru points out in the troll room the api for the operating systems for apple and android are including this now so <laughs> this is yeah. not well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't even get to that one. Yes, that was a different story entirely. Uh, the okay, yeah. So the the reason why uh, there's a a concern about using Apple and Google's reference implementation is uh, the very simple fact that because uh, because of privacy, because of targeting ads, targeted ads, and because of Bluetooth uh, battery life, um, 
in both operating systems, an app cannot activate Bluetooth unless the app is running and in the foreground. So that kind of limits stuff because nobody's going to be walking around with this app in the foreground 24 seven. So you're, you're going to miss contacts. You're going to miss connections with, with other people. If, if you minimize the app, because you have to go over to your candy crusher or Insta or something. So Apple and Google as a facilitator to their reference implementation, we're carving holes in the API to enable apps that have a particular flag to go ahead and run the Bluetooth 24 seven. And they are only offering the cert that is needed to enable this flag. If you follow their reference implementation, which is one of the reasons why the companies who are out rolling their own apps, because they don't like the guidelines are really pissy with Apple and Google because they can't keep the Bluetooth on 24 seven. This seems like a whole new reason to jailbreak your phones. Absolutely. And so the, the last story that I have uh, on, on this, it, it has to do with a researcher. The, the researcher is in uh, Delhi uh, and he decided that he was going to crack open India's app um, the, the two major things that he discovered, uh, was first of all, uh, it provides no validation of host, um, which means that it's not detecting, uh, who is making the request. It's not detecting where they're coming from. Uh, so with a custom app or even a, a custom shell script on your device, you can go ahead and spoof contacts. Uh, you can uh, spoof connections, Bluetooth connections. Um, you can uh, um, you can spoof uh, Bluetooth signals. Oh, well, oh, here's here's the fun part about this particular app is that it um, you can request as part of it uh, a number. You know, it it part of the API requires that it be able to retrieve your contact data because the the Indian database is stored centrally. It wants to be able to retrieve the contact data for a particular day, and each day is stored in a separate file on your device. So what it does is it says, what days do you have? Okay, uh, retrieve me the data for this day. But the API doesn't say retrieve me the data for this day. The API says retrieve me uh, the file called uh, COVID data 2020-0507. So why is that bad? Well, remember I just said that uh, there's no... API host validation and no real validation of what's being sent. That means that uh, if you are near somebody else's phone, you can send a custom packet saying, please send me your slash Etsy slash password file. <laughs> please send me your uh, list of all of your phone contacts. You know, please send me your nudie pics. If you know the file name, you can just request it off the device using this app. Wow. Um, the other thing that he discovered is that there's no validation of location um, and using a dev tool or, or just uh, uh, just uh, rooting your machine or um, phone. Right. Jailbreak that baby. You can, and spoof you can your GPS. Spoof, you can spoof your GPS. Um Combine the spoof of the GPS with a feature of the app, which says, um, I would like to, the feature of the app is I'd like to know how many sick people are within some distance of me. And you can select a range from 500 meters to 10 kilometers. Uh, but 
the data returned by the API is far, far more than how many uh, the data returned by the API is a full list of everybody in that range who is infected or unwell or Bluetooth positive or anybody who just has the app installed. It just gives you the database and then the app will pull out and say, okay, give me the count of rows. And so, so you, you request it. You say, um, I want everybody within 500 meters of me. How many are, cases are there? It's going to say, okay, download the database of everybody within 500 meters. And now how many are there? And so combine that with spoofing your location is you can pick any location in India. You can tell it, give me the full database of everybody within 10 kilometers who has the app, who is infected, who is not infected. And then you could just peruse all that data on your own. You can just get this from the app. That's nice of them. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, this is everything that I expect out of government developed program. And there's no way in hell I would install something like that on, on my, no, now I'm not in India, so I'm not going to be likely to install this anyway but i tell you what if if jay fucking insley decided that he wanted to develop one of these apps for the state of washington uh he's going to get three middle fingers from me because i'm not installing that either this is this is fucking dangerous these apps are far worse for you than the virus could be well it's what install apps when you have a rush to getting a piece of software done which is never Never a good idea if you're worried about security or privacy at all. But my question is, who decides whether you're positive or not? So if you get a positive test, how do you start showing up on your app as infected? Well, that that's unclear, but uh, I, I believe that central authority is probably the answer. Uh, somebody you know in the U.S. it would be uh, CDC or your local branch office. I think uh, the the information will probably initially come from uh, medical professionals. If you go into uh, a, a doctor's office with a cough and they look at this and say, "Well, you're coughing. You clearly COVID positive because we get money for every COVID patient that comes through here." Um, that information gets reported to a database. The, that database has been set up since February. So you have to register when you sign up for this. No, you install the app and they already, I mean, you know, like, like you said at the beginning of this, they already know a whole lot of information about you, uh, including the fact that this is the federal government doing it means that of course, HIPAA doesn't apply because just like they have the keys to the patent office, they also have the keys to all of your medical records, whether you choose to share them or not. That that's another fun aspect of this app is that, um, you explicitly by installing the app, the EULA basically requires you to waive every HIPAA right you have because otherwise there's no way they could share this data with anybody else. Burner phone with a jailbreak operating system, which makes it look like you have the app fully functioning is what you're going to need. I, I, I mean, it, if uh, right now I have the opportunity to not install this crap on my system and that I'm going to avail myself of at every chance um, at some point is shit like this. If, if we continue down the authoritarian path that we've been going because uh, because we have raised generations of people who uh, the moment that you give them something to fear, they lay down and, and cry out for mommy and daddy to protect them. Uh, if we continue down this, then installing 
these apps will become mandatory everywhere and not just in some city in India. You 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 can already see bureaucrats and and politicians salivating over the idea that they could have an app that they just require everybody to have because you know that the way updates work is everybody just takes updates and so even if the app only does what I described here today um 2 weeks from now or or three months from now when everybody's forgotten that it's installed but most of them still have it anyway they can just push out an update and now who fucking knows what that thing's gonna do and yeah i mean if that becomes mandatory i'm going back to a goddamn landline everybody is putting the ankle bracelet on themselves which is kind of scary i don't think in the united states it's ever going to become mandatory for the very sad fact is that 90% of the population will do it under the guise of safety. I do yeah, believe sa- that safety has, has always been an excuse for some very, very terrifying uh, authoritarian moves. Well, including, you know, global warming, everything we're doing for global yeah. warming, which it, it, it's interesting because I made this little, uh, you know, correlation in my head, which was thinking about coronavirus and global warming. And we're, with global warming, we're under the assumption that man is affecting nature. Man is affecting the planet with all of our industry, technology, burning fuel, burning electricity, right? Am I, or am I wrong yeah. there? I, I mean, it, it does, you don't have to go very far to find evidence that there's an effect. Yeah. Well, a, a major you negative know. effect that is killing the is, planet. Is the effect an existential threat that's going to destroy all life on this planet? No. But that is what we're being told by the people that believe in it, that are in <laughs> the Kool-Aid drinking, it's a religion to them category. Those people, I want to know a very serious question, and I doubt any of them are listening to our show because the, their heads would have exploded already. But if you believe in the Church of Global Warming, Do you really think we should be even trying to stop this virus? (laughs) Right. You're you're referring to the overpopulation. Well, one, the overpopulation, but this is just nature. This is just the world doing what the world. You're telling us we have to stop global warming because we're interfering with the world doing what the world wants to do. Yeah. Well, that the what the world wants to do is is to uh, deal with this pandemic of humanity by introducing something that reduces the numbers and and so the combination of covid combined with the the bill and melinda gates center for population devastation or whatever it was they were called population control which that's what i said nothing spooky about that but think about that the global warming people the center for population decimation don't want us you know industry is bad technology is bad burning fuel burning electricity is bad what are we doing to try to stop this virus we're going to industry we're going to technology and we're burning a lot of fuel and electricity in the hopes of finding a cure um yeah as a human um i'm (laughs) really you're coming out fully and admitting you're human here uh i'm i'm claiming oh i'm claiming it as as an expert um I, I am fully on team humanity here. Uh, fuck nature. Um, as, as humans, we should, uh, we should definitely, you know, try not to murder everybody in all humans on the earth planet. I, I know that goes against the elite's agenda. But it's an interesting so point to me. A, yeah. Speaking of authoritarians, um, who would you guess are the, uh, if, if you had to take stabs just based on recent news stories, 
Who would you say George are the Soros. best and worst, the best and worst governors oh. of all the 50 states in America? The best and worst. What criteria are we using? Have killed the least amount of people, have made the best choices, have upheld the Constitution and freedoms? Uh, well, what, well that, that last one is, is the criteria by which I would use, but... So is that you know, I think to- most everything else is bullshit. <laughs> if, if you're not free to make your own decisions, then nothing else matters. There's been a lot of bad governors. And uh, I think Whitmer, of course, from Michigan has yeah. to be up that, near the top of that list. That is definitely a good name. Um, you know what? I'm going to start with with somebody I consider to be a good governor um, because there there aren't a lot out there. Uh, but the. Uh, uh, Governor Abbott, uh, what's his name? Mike Abbott? No, it's something I, I should probably write down these things when I'm planning on talking about him. But Governor Abbott of Texas issued an executive order. Uh, his executive order eliminated jail time if you violate the stay at home rules. Uh, and the reason was there was this big story about a salon owner in Dallas who was sentenced to seven days in jail and $7,000 for criminal contempt because she opened up her salon in order to feed her family. Uh, Criminal contempt. I I just want to start with that phrase for a bit. This is really, you know, what did she do wrong? She had contempt for the local authoritarians who believed that they knew best and wanted to run everybody's lives. And it, it, it wasn't, opening up her business that caused the problem it well you know there's no there's no crime that says trying to make a living is criminal at least not yet uh but the crime is uh they were not doing what or she was not doing what she was told she you know that it's kind of like contempt of court where if you spit at a judge then the the crime is not a or or, or you say an f-bomb in court the crime is not assault. The crime is not, uh, you know, murder or uh, it's contempt. And it basically says we have decided that being disrespectful to my authority is a crime. And so that's what they charged her with. So this Governor Abbott uh, in his his announcement said Throwing Texans in jail who have had their businesses shut down through no fault of their own is nonsensical, and I will not allow it to happen. That is why I'm modifying my executive orders to ensure that confinement is not a punishment for violating an order. This executive order is retroactive to April 2nd, supersedes all local orders, and if correctly applied, should free Shelley Luther. As some county judges advocate for releasing hardened criminals from jail to prevent the spread of COVID-19, it is absurd to have these business owners take their place. Yeah. So I just want a round of applause for Governor Greg Abbott. Thanks to Fletcher. Now you know his first name. Our resident Texan. Yes. But even, <laughs> and thank you, Fletcher, hugstory.net. The, before the governor could do that, the lieutenant governor, and I don't know his name, stood up and went, well, two things. One, I'll pay the $7,000 fine for this woman. And two, yeah. I'll stay in my house for 10 days under house arrest in order so she could get back to taking care of her family. So, yeah, Texas government, man, got to like it. When she was when she was convicted, she went up the, the court, the, um, the the judge who convicted her of this contempt bullshit. 
the the old, what the judge wanted her to do was admit she was wrong and in court the reason why she ended up going to jail was because she said it wasn't wrong i need to feed my family i'm out of money i have to open my business and the judge found that contemptible the meme so here in chicago was the chicago mayor and the first sentence of the meme was if you go to a house party i'm going to put you in jail because of coronavirus and the second line was if you're in jail, we're going to release you because of coronavirus. <laughs> exactly. It's like, which is, it doesn't make sense. You want, you're going to, if you, if you break the orders, we're going to put you in jail, but we want to release people from jail it, it, because it's a death sentence, which we argued that on a previous episode, just being in a prison is not a death sentence. Sorry. And you're there for a reason. I, I'm, I mean, it can be depending on how for profit the prison is. But that's not a COVID thing. No, no, that's a another topic entirely. But it is the insanity of that where you're telling people you will put them in jail and actually trying to do so in the case of the salon owner and then going, well, but the jails, we have too many people. So really, this is the hardened criminal you want under yeah. confinement. Well, and if if you are a closet communist who's not even that closeted anymore, then yes, uh, business owners are in fact worse than hardened criminals because they are flaunting your socialist paradise by uh, controlling the means of production and operating uh, a capitalist economy. And it th this is actually a much larger threat if your goal is to uh, equalize all of the workers under one state control. And and by the way, e making everybody equal, when you force everybody to be equal, you, you don't have the ability to make life better for everyone. So if you force them all to be equal, we're all going to be equally uh, poverty, uh, e equally screwed. <laughs> That's, that is, in fact, how communism works. But everybody has this illusion that you can create resources from nothing if you could just make everyone equal. Right. Well, and th again, capitalism did save the day when it comes to this salon owner. Because on one of the, I don't know what site it was. I just heard that she had or somebody started whether or she started a GoFundMe or one of these pages and uh, she cleaned up from what I understand. So this is how it works. Yeah. And well, that's uh, that's actually an example of uh, the kind of the same thing we have going with the value for value model, which is the idea of private charity. Uh, which it, in order to believe that you have to steal everybody's money so that you can redistribute it to the poor, like many socialists seem to believe, uh, it requires that you don't believe that there's an alternative. And uh, for years and years, charity was always the domain of the churches. And in when there were people less fortunate who who was going to take care of them well often it was the churches often it was somebody else but the idea that people are nice enough that they will just give what they have of the goodness of their heart to help somebody else without involving the government is is frankly completely foreign to a lot of new socialists now which is why they advocate in order to take care of those less fortunate you are required to steal it from people and then forcibly give back it's it's kind of the robin hood model except robin hood has a lot more guns and is also the government yes and and is you know is the sheriff of nottingham 
Well, and that's running rampant now. In San Francisco, they're handing out drugs and alcohol to the homeless to keep them in these motels, whatever they've taken over there, which, uh, you know, I understand the the reasoning behind that, but it's another very dangerous precedent. Where, where do I sign up? Right. <laughs> you want, well, I just want to go sit somewhere and get all, they'll give me all the booze I want. This sounds like I'm a having rager. to go out and buy my own booze. What the hell? I'm doing it wrong. This sounds like a whole rager going on. Well, and in Los Angeles, they wanted one of the big hotels they wanted to turn over, like the Ritz Carlton or something to have homeless there. And the Ritz Carlton went up. No, screw you. Yeah, we'd prefer to house uh, all of these homeless millionaires. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's one of these things yeah. where, you know, it's a horrible situation all the way up and down the the whole list. But, you know, what is going to happen to any hotel or facility that takes a bunch oh, yeah. of homeless people oh, yeah. in? It's it's a death knell for their business. It's it's you're done servicing the customers you're going to have to pivot your business model or shut down you know but it's interesting that cities like los angeles want to try to force the hotels to take these people when they have libraries city hall right they have city hall they have schools that aren't being used that you could you know people will bring in beds and stuff like that why are you trying to force private business to do things that you're not even doing yourself with, because they can ex- they can push the cost out onto somebody else. That's that's very important. Yeah, and that when is. You can do it at the barrel of a gun, then the moral issues kind of go out the window too. Yes. Yeah, it really does. And it's like, yeah, these the businesses already, and I don't care which you know, if you're a mom and pop hotel up to the biggest biggest corporation, and you look at these companies we talked about, the Vegas hotels in the last episode. Well, yeah, they make money hand over fist, but they've been shut down now for months. And most companies yeah. can't take that. No, only the biggest ones can, which is why we are going to enter a world that looks very different after this lockdown than we did before. The only stores are going to be Amazon and Walmart. And the only, you know, the only grocery stores are going to be the big chains. You are not going to have your mom and pop stores anymore. The, you know, I, I hope, you know, what that, that little salon on the corner that you know everybody there yeah they're going out of business you better go get your hair done at great clips now supercuts whatever the big chains are they're the only ones who can weather this well and it's because that the information coming out on this is still very scary in most places where you look i mean this should be front page news everywhere these two doctors i just talked about testifying or with their written words in front of the senate saying you know death toll is like under 0.1 to 0.4 that should be the front page news not all the crap that it is but it's again we live in a society now where the media pushes a narrative in the united states it's to try to hurt the president and i don't care what your political leanings are that should scare the hell out of you the fact that i go to like al jazeera english now for news because it's the most balanced should also scare the hell out of you Uh, And whether or not you think that the president himself deserves to be hurt when he is exercising his job as part of running the country and you go out to try to hurt him, uh, you are hurting the country. Congratulations. You're un-American. It's Uh, right. It's the concept that the end will justify the means. CBS, the communist broadcasting system, as I like to call them. 
We, <laughs> we already have the story where they were caught multiple times using the footage of the hospital in Italy, claiming it was a hospital in New York. Even after they were outed, they still somehow ran yeah. that footage. There was another I, story. I, I'm surprised they didn't use the explosion footage from Kentucky and claim <laughs> that was a hospital in New York. Right. That was awesome, too. That was ABC, though, I believe, which yeah. shows you they're all going down the same sad. Uh, here is here is this image of our hospitals in New York exploding. <laughs> yes. We, we need help. We can send in the choppers. But now CBS did a story. This was on testing in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I believe where they didn't like the amount they showed up to do the video you know to just do their little segment and i guess there weren't enough people waiting for tests so they had like employees and stuff and pull more cars in to make it look like there were more people in line like like hey can you all your technicians go lay in beds for our photo ops so that doesn't look like our field hospital is empty yes and they yeah. were caught again, Project Veritas. And I don't believe everything Project Veritas comes out with, but this seems legit. And they seem to I, have. I believe that everything that Project Veritas comes out with should be uh, released out into the public as as some, another data point. Yes. As a question. It shouldn't be censored. Well, right. Just like the video, the pandemic that was pulled from YouTube, which it wasn't a surprise. I watched it when John C. Dvorak of No Agenda posted this. On uh, the tweeters, the uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Mikovits, uh, it did this pandemic video and it talked about a lot of things, including how the flu vaccine makes this worse, how wearing masks, uh, you're actually doing more harm to yourself unless you're in a hospital or something where you know there's a yeah. massive amount of coronavirus, that you're depriving yourself of oxygen, which your body actually needs to, that, you know, that's fight. The- that's the reason why I don't wear masks and and never have is because uh you know my uh my out of shape body I need I you know just walking down the street is an aerobic exercise I start gasping for air and if there's a big piece of cloth in between me and my air I have to hyperventilate so no I don't wear masks yes it impedes the amount of oxygen getting into your system which is a very unhealthy thing oddly enough that that and my my legitimate answer is is I actually have asthma. Well, I thought it was just that you were too pretty and you didn't want to hide your face. Well, I I don't want to deprive people of the nightmares caused by seeing my face. That's really it. But the interesting thing with this coronavirus is when the lungs get hit, the problem people are having is oxygen deprivation. So adding a mask to this is truly an intriguing thing because as we've chronicled through this whole procedure of the pandemic at first the cdc the who everybody that could speak as a medical body and i'll put those into air quotes was like no no wearing masks that's not going to help masks are not going to do anything now all of a sudden everybody wear a mask well here's a hint when there's nobody within 15 feet of you the masks don't do anything i I'm looking out my window and seeing people go up and down the street and they're like jogging alone in a mask. I'm like, first of all, you're jogging. You need the extra oxygen. It's but obviously the the brain is I don't know with some of these people. Maybe the brain has been deprived of oxygen for so long that they've just gotten used to to having no oxygen to their brain. And they're they're like, you know, suffocate myself while I'm jogging. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Why not? And I've seen and at least nobody. One story. Yeah. 
of somebody that ran their car into a pole because they were wearing like an N95 mask while driving <laughs> and passed out. Oxygen's important, people. Yes, it's it's a tough habit to kick. <laughs> but what do you do now when YouTube is pulling down videos from doctors? And I understand activists. Well, obviously, doctors. you stop trusting anything you see on that site and you go to alternatives. Yes, you have to. That's the only answer. It's one thing to be taking down things from bloggers and crazy people with absolutely no backing. But if you can uh, confirm that somebody yeah, is yeah, a registered if, medical doctor and you're taking their information off, you have to ask yourself a question. And what side are you on? Well, as you probably are aware, I, I believe that even the crazy people should have the ability to have their stuff up there. First of all, uh, who are you to say who's crazy? Uh, I'm I may be an expert, but I'm not qualified to say with absolute certainty this is crazy or this isn't. I'll, I'll say it anyway because I'm opinionated. But what I'm not doing is taking people's videos down and and censoring them. Now, there's a lot of stupid shit out there that uh, needs to die in obscurity because it is not interesting. Or, uh, it, but but that's fine if. If you know, not censoring something means if I go looking for it, I can't find it. Um, that's distinctly different than not highlighting it and putting it out in my face. For for example, um, if I really wanted to go watch a Kardashian video, it's out there. But fortunately, at least in my household, it's dying in the obscurity that it so richly deserves. And the question also becomes with YouTube, why take the video down? They have the technology to add an overlay, even if it was something like this is not medical information that is in coincidence with what the I WHO don't even want to see that. I don't either, I, but I, that, well, that I, would no, be that, better than removing it. I, I, I have to admit, I don't trust Susan Wojcikistan or whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> I don't, I don't trust these people at Google to tell me what is true and what's not anymore. They have violated that trust. They do not get the right to tell me something is real or not anymore. They can, if they're willing to uh, impassively and neutrally store data, then great. You know, you can have it, but otherwise, no Google is evil. They are, they are trying to control your thoughts and, when they do that, it's not going to be for your benefit. It's for theirs. You're not going to benefit from giving control of your thoughts to somebody else. Go make your own decisions. Get your own information. Stop relying on somebody who says they're an expert just for learning what is true and what's not. Take all of the evidence presented and make up your own mind. That is the main lesson I will tell everybody. Right. You Well, you need to have different sources and take it in but if your if your platform thinks they need to point out they think something is questionable there are much better ways to do it that actually encourage people to think and look at something critically which as much as i don't want to see that either i would rather have a little thing over the video saying the medical opinion being given here is a you know is anti or totally the opposite of what the WHO is saying. But then I could still well, don't, don't hear what it, the other side was saying. Don't, don't put it on top of the video. That's you're still in invading. It's still invasive. But it, you know, the right way to do this is 
YouTube puts up uh, ads for 10,000 other videos all around the video you're looking for, right? So the top one front and center, you go ahead and if, if you really desperately want to correct the record and and I, that's still dubious because uh you youtube you have violated your right to be considered the record on anything but uh it's their platform if you don't want to be seen as censoring what you do is you put the who counterpoint video as the first suggested result to watch next that would also make sense it, it that is that is non-invasive you are not interfering with the ability to see the thing that you've chosen to go look at and yet you're you, I, I it's not censoring censoring is removing access to data which is very distinct from providing more data more data is always good it facilitates uh the the process of making a decision uh, unless you're physically incapable of making a decision in which case you know you need to uh, go learn but yeah and yeah. we've gone down that rabbit hole with the freedom of speech and the problem with so many people using youtube twitter facebook for their daily communications with people i mean there are a lot of people that don't know how to get a hold of their friends except through twitter and facebook and then that are those really friends probably not but that's I, uh, I have friends. I have real friends. And you know what? I know how to get a hold of them why did I uh, outside of, of these proprietary platforms. Yeah, I don't know. I should just get my number blocked. I don't know. Um, uh, no, you never gave me your number. Yes, I did. The only the only way that I know how to get a hold of you is is to go send a letter to the P.O. box. On- <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. I give you the phone. number. I get. Well, actually, I probably gave Bemlet the phone number first, but that was beside you, the point. you did. <laughs> you did and i'm like wait a minute Darren never even gave me his number no uh p.o box 358 mokina illinois if if you want to get a hold of darren make sure you send money to that address yes and we did today and we'll be talking about that in a second oh uh, nice yeah my wife went out the other day and then stopped at the post office because you know I, i'm not going into a post office i don't know what kind of people have been in there well just make sure that you wear a mask and make sure that the mask is like like cloth is no good because it still lets air through make sure that it's like some kind of a latex rubber thing that seals entirely is it okay to spray people with lysol if they're walking within like 10 feet of you well yes but not because of the virus <laughs> it's just normal good hygiene suggestions yeah. here at uh at grumpy I mean, old hey, ends if if you were walking around the seattle city streets and stepping over piles of feces and i mean yeah that's that's good good hygiene yeah well in new york and you want to know why people point to new york and like oh we don't understand why the coronavirus went nuts there look at the conditions in the city that's all you need to do look at what's going on in the subways the same thing with i'm really surprised san francisco hasn't lit up uh, as badly as new york because we've talked about that for Long before the pandemic, the problem with people shooting up in the BART terminals and things like that, it's a uh, it's it's a definite issue. Yeah, it's it's a pandemic of San Francisco-ness. And looking at the amount of people that have passed away in nursing home facilities, care facilities, you really have to question, just like Whitmer out of Michigan was for a while that that when... uh, Trump did the State of the Union, which was what, January, the State of the Union? Um, 
Whitmer did the response for the Democratic Party. She was like their number one person. I mean, she w- she was supposed to be a rising that, star. Yeah, and, that uh, surprises me not as all not not at all. She is she is clearly behaving like the poster child for the new authoritarian left. Yeah, well, I think she screwed any future political aspirations. I, I, I do have to point out. Um, so the the stay at home order that Whitmer has decided to extend, the one that that the Michigan legislature is thumbing their noses at, and the people of Michigan are effectively ignoring this dumb bitch now. Um, she said that the stay at home order will continue through May twenty seventh, which is ridiculously long. Um, why is it? I looked up that date, uh, because in a place where the sheep are just laying down and putting up with it and the legislature is completely complicit and is like, yeah, whatever you say, uh, Jay fucking Inslee of the state of Washington, five thirty one. he has decided that the nobody is allowed to live your life order is extended through the last day of May. Three days later than Gretchen Whitmer. So <laughs> when, when I asked you, who do you think the worst governors uh, and, and I do, I do consider the, you know, whether or not they're doing their job and, and fulfilling their oath to the constitution and upholding civil rights to be the criteria here. Who do you think the worst governor is? And you announced, you mentioned Gretchen Whitmer, who I do consider to be way up there. I just wanted to point out that Jay fucking Inslee is has extended his bullshit unconstitutional order three days later than she did well and you look at what's going on here in illinois with pritzker the uh it's i think it's through the end of may and he has a new like four-tiered plan which it's nearly impossible to get to tier number two so i have a feeling it's going to be a long haul yeah here in Illinois. Uh, yeah. Oh, Inslee has a four-tiered plan also we moved to tier two if we can hit a bunch of criteria by 531 but he has uh assured us that there will never we cannot have less than three weeks between tiers which means that uh full reopen is going to be at least nine weeks farther past the beginning of june so it's going to be fall before jay Inslee thinks that the economy can run again well did you hear about oh, ireland that- I've not heard about Ireland. Now I want to hear about Ireland. They're even in worse shape because they've already announced, and granted, these things could change, but as of now, pubs in Ireland. I mean, nobody goes to pubs in Ireland. No pubs are allowed to be open, at least at the very earliest (laughs) August. Everybody wants to be at a pub in Ireland right now. That is true. That is true. There's a lot of places in the world that you can point to that have it far worse than America. And I think one of the reasons for it is they don't have uh, a bill of rights that that people at least pretend to follow and some people believe in. Uh, there's there's a lot of places where there is no codified list of things the government can't do, which means that the government is pretty much allowed to do whatever it is that they say they're allowed to do. And the U.S., the United States is pretty unique amongst most places and certainly was back in the 1780s in describing as part of the government's founding document that there are things government is not allowed to do. Uh, that that was a novel, weird concept, and it was in reaction to effectively escaping an authoritarian tyrant or at least you know King George, who they treated as such. And it, the 
in in order to return to the authoritarian tyrant position that so many of our bureaucrats seem to want to, they have to pretend that the Bill of Rights doesn't exist. And uh the you know the the people who wrote the bill of rights thought about that too which is why there's a second amendment which exists to protect the other ones and i was really hoping we wouldn't have to invoke the nuclear option of the second amendment during my lifetime but it's looking like it's more and more likely it's getting there i mean the other problem with ireland is that with pubs being closed that means tourism is not going to happen in for summer in ireland which is with every border around the world being closed tourism isn't happening anywhere right well ireland is do you you think any cruise line is going to recover from this no even though they're saying they're starting cruises back up in like a month i'm like okay i don't know who's going on those things well that yeah then on your your 40 foot dinghy like yeah well everybody (laughs) who wants to go on a cruise go ahead and load uh, okay uh it's off topic the uh, but, everybody who wants to go on a cruise get in this line here okay all four of you come right. and put masks on you're gonna have well you're gonna have a really big ship all to yourself <laughs> and that's gonna be awesome because like, they're you know floating can, can i have three staterooms yes i mean you could have a lot you could have the biggest stateroom you want you can have a whole buffet all to yourself because buffets are never coming back well at least i would say for a year year and a half until you get a proven treatment and or a vaccine which is a whole nother you know insanity that can be talked about what but uh with ireland no tourism i didn't realize they have i think uh bill o'reilly was talking about this because he's an irish guy and he goes to ireland a lot four million people actually live in ireland and 12 million people a year normally visit ireland so they are completely reliant on tourism and you know what else they can't do because they're a part of the eu yay they can't print more money like the U.S. is oh, doing. They haven't even they haven't even Brexited. Right. They have. I mean, neither has Great Britain, but. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're at least on that. They can start doing that stuff now in Britain. They're the, trying. Right. They're <laughs> trying desperately because right now, if they were tied to the EU, if they were tied to the euro like Ireland, they, Ireland goes, well, we need money and the money isn't theirs. They can't print it. It's <laughs> you, Belgium yeah. where it went. Brussels. Who? Where, where does the EU? Where's the. Uh, the capital where they make all the decisions but well you you don't even have to go all the way to europe to find places that are completely fucked because of of the shutdown of all tourism uh las vegas we we talked about last week is uh the the entire city is now looking at uh 2020 is going to fall what was the number i read uh 75 billion dollars that they are losing just in the last few months of having all tourism shut down damn well and then you which, look at which for for a city of only what two two hundred fifty thousand three hundred thousand people i don't know how much is there maybe five hundred thousand whatever it is for a city of less than a million people um that's a lot of freaking money well it is and you look at places like disney world and that is going to be an interesting petri dish of how this kind of stuff is going to start reemerging because once you start limiting the amount of people that you can bring into your uh, the theme parks, which they're talking in about Six Flags here and in Texas, they're gonna it's gonna be all reservation only for the immediate future. So they that way they're gonna make it so they know they're not over whatever number, and they're trying to avoid people showing up at the gates, going no, you can't come in. But Disney World, they're 
revenue is very much so tied to having all those hotel rooms filled, having all those restaurants yeah. filled. Once you go, well, yeah, you know what? You could reopen, but even, you know, 25 or 50% capacity, they can't yeah, they're still gonna, make they're it They're going to have a staged reopening. They'd be like, okay, we're going to limit one person per ride. Uh-huh. You mean per car? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, each person has to finish their ride entirely. And then we have to scrub down everything before the next person can get on. That may not be the craziest part of the whole reopening. That's the sad part. It's well, again, wiping down surfaces that people are coughing on is actually a good idea, even when there's not a pandemic. Yes. And if moving forward, this starts having companies, you know, I made fun of the Las Vegas, uh, the dividers between the slot machines that have their own UV cleaning wands embedded in them. And nobody yeah. talk, because nobody was talking about when, actually no, cleaning and, the machines. When, and when somebody has to sneeze, they're not turning their head and, and sneezing on the divider. They're sneezing on the machine. Right. And there's no talk of sanitizing the machines, the thing people actually touch. So I'm like, I don't really know. The dividers are cool. They're cool technology. And if we have people thinking, innovating, that's good because it would be nice in Vegas if, you know, once every, you know, 12 hour shift that a little box came down over the slot machine and hit it with UV or something, which sanitized the machine, that would be good. But it's going to take a long time before we start getting to stuff like that. All of these companies that, and I got an email the other day because uh, I get a lot of email for the restaurants that I do work for, for my buddy's restaurant. One of those was uh, from one of these asshole Grubhub type places who take like 80% of their profits anyway. But it's like, oh, we can provide you with these new point of sale kiosks. And I'm like, how tone deaf are you providing kiosks for your customers to use? That's the last thing people are going to want to do when they walk back into a restaurant is go and start touching a touchscreen that I'll, how many people touched before without being clean. Nobody knows it's, it's a crazy, crazy idea. And it's going to be interesting to see what it does to a lot of these places. We talked about McDonald's automating when we talked about the the uh, the the raises in the minimum wage. And you're like, well, they'll just replace it with the touch screens. And even then you were like, I don't want to touch that. Now, do you want to touch that? No, nobody wants not to. me. No, it's, it's like this. This is not where the technology is going unless somebody can create a touch screen that is completely impervious. Two germs. And my buddy has a company that does electrocoding stuff that does some really, really cool things. And from years ago, they had. Uh, I, yeah. 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 Oh, I was just going to say that the, the closest that you're going to get without doing some very, very expensive exotic stuff is what we already have, which is pretty damn economical, which is you put a pane of glass up and you occasionally wipe it down. That would be With, nice. It, it doesn't have to be some kind of, you know, death chemical or anything. Uh, uh, some detergent is good enough. A uh, little bit of bleach doesn't hurt. But there are things and there are coatings that they already have in their uh, in their repertoire, if you will, that are antiviral and antibacterial that I believe a lot of people are going to be paying for things well, like their door handles. They're, and uh, <laughs> they're antiviral and antibacterial for now. Well, yeah. Until the viruses and bacteria in evolve, maybe. I mean, if well, I, I, I mean, oh, copper door handles are a thing 
because copper is naturally antibacterial. But if we made every surface everywhere out of copper, uh, or or uh, then bacteria that are resistant to that, which is always a tiny fraction, will suddenly become the only bacteria that are out there, and then it'll be useless. Um, if if you spend billions of dollars developing something antiviral, and then make everything out of that stuff at great cost then eventually half the viruses out there are going to be resistant to it and you'll be you'll have spent all that money for nothing congratulations and then it'll be the next super bug which will make this covid virus seem like nothing so again should we even be fighting covid lean in breathe in we 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 should be washing our hands because uh, you know, using soap and water to separate the bug from you doesn't eliminate it. And the bug is still out there and can, I mean, the, the thing that keeps the super bugs in check is competition for food with all of the normal bugs. So the reason the super bugs become really big is because you kill all of the normal bugs. It's the same reason why all of the people out there who, when when you're buying some liquid soap to go next to your kitchen sink, if you just get regular soap, then you're removing the bacteria from your hands and sending it down into the sewer where it's pretty well contained and things are fine. But if you kill it, then you're washing antibacterial goo into the sewer where it kills all of the stuff that is competing with the superbugs. And the superbugs do relatively a lot better because you've just killed everything in the sewer that that was outstripping them for food you're crazy next you're going to be telling me there are murder hornets out there or something i i've heard this rumor and i have steadfastly avoided it 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 sounds like another fantastic pr agency in in charge of some kind of bugs because i thought they were hitting your area first i thought that maybe this would be a new i thought I've maybe it's that. like a new minor league baseball team come out and see the seattle murder hornets Tonight. That would be a fantastic name for a ball club and also would love to see somebody getting back out and playing sports ball. That's going to happen. I don't know what that is going to look like. They're doing it already in South Korea, so people can play baseball. The NFL just came out with their schedule, and it looks like they're going to attempt a normal season, which good for them. Hopefully that'll happen. Baseball is totally screwed because they've already missed. I mean, the baseball season starts in March or April. Yeah. Well, the the regular season starts at the beginning of April. They've already missed more than one sixth of the season. Yeah. So they're going to try. And I don't know as somebody that hasn't watched baseball because they've annoyed the hell out of me over the last two years. I'm a little more indifferent to it. I do understand. I I kind of assumed that the, the COVID shutdown was actually your fault because you were so annoyed with major league baseball that it took a lot of content to, yes. yes it took a lot of podcasting content away from me uh so well, i understand there's one thing you do a lot of it's podcasting it's uh they have about a half a season that they can try to do something with so i do understand that their choices do nothing which maybe would be better or do something totally wacky like they've never done before and much like you worry and, about government and let people play baseball, oh, having what? more control and changing the rules of the game and all of this other stuff. This is where they're going to be allowed to test stuff like that, which I'm still on their list sure. for getting these surveys when they come out. And they were asking stuff, all the crazy stuff they've 
talked about over the last few years was a part of this. Like, well, would you watch baseball if we had more scheduled doubleheaders? And I'm like, well, sure. And they're like, well, would you watch it if the doubleheaders were seven inning games rather than nine? It's like, no, that's not baseball. I, I, well, I, I, when I played Little League, we had a lot of seven inning games. Well, yeah, Little League. You weren't getting yeah. paid millions of dollars to be out there entertaining me. Well, uh, well, I, <laughs> I wish I, I, I mean, if if you want to examine why it is that many sports are failing even before this mandated shutdown you might want to investigate why it is that players were being paid millions of dollars right and when i told my wife oh look the nfl is planning and having a regular season i wonder how that's going to you know work with you know the crowds and she's like well they didn't really have crowds before they before the covid so maybe nobody will get sick nobody's showing up anyway the the 12th man was going strong you know, it's it, it, and I understand people want to get back to normalcy. So sports would be a big part of that. That's something a lot of people follow. But uh, things are going to look a little bit different. Although with that said, I heard the other day, and I don't know the validity of this 100%, but somebody made the comment that there's never been a confirmed transmission of COVID outside. It's all mainly indoor that they're tracking these things down to. So maybe being outside is the healthiest thing you can do right now while we're all under lockdown and being told not to go outside. Well, just looking at the calendar, recognizing that it's springtime, recognizing that uh, right at the beginning of this COVID, we had just come out of a period, a a period which occurs almost every year where people stay inside for several months at a time called winter. um, And also looking outside and, realizing how infuriatingly sunny it is here in the greater Seattle left coast area. I would say that being outside is healthy anyway. Uh, That said, I am highly skeptical at anybody claiming that there's never been a transmission outside. I would not be surprised if most transitions occur inside because of a number of reasons, uh, not least of which being the uh, stale cooped up air. Yes. Everybody's rebreathing. Um, but there's no fucking way that anybody can measure where everybody got no. tra- the, caught the virus. And I would agree. I think being the, the concept of catching it outside is much harder because things just dissipate in a completely different way, which is why I laughed when I read a story. People were pissed at the airlines. You know, you're seeing these things now for people that are still flying for whatever freaking reason. And yeah. It's like, you know what? If you're flying, <laughs> screw you. Airlines, that's a great place to catch viruses. Yes. But they're complaining like, oh, my God, I was on a plane and the middle seats were filled. And it's like, OK, do you really think leaving I, one? Oh, seat- my God. Social distancing is not an option. Yes. On a plane. <laughs> right. That's what they think should happen or could happen. It's like, look, if you're on a plane, it doesn't matter if the seat if there's a seat between you left open. If there's a row between everybody left open, it's not enough. And it never T- will be what, enough. If- if you really, first of all, if your amygdala is so expanded that you are that freaked out about the virus, and yet you've also made the decision that you're going to fly anyway, um, I mean, first of all, go ahead and re-examine that. And then secondly, I'll go ahead and suggest a very easy one, which is hold your breath for the length of the flight. Uh, you might have to work up to it, um, you know, just a couple hours at a time, but uh, if you do that, if you just don't breathe while you're in the plane, I think you'll be okay. Are we going to get to the point 
that airlines have to provide like fresh oxygen. So you're going to go in and kind of be like a scuba diver. You, and they'll hook you, you up. You know that they do. Like, it, if, if the plane okay yeah i get that what you're saying here i mean to each individual person not just into the well, actually cabin. actually they have those too although the tanks attached to those masks are usually designed for a few minutes and not a few hours right but maybe they need that for the whole flight so you could feel much safer i mean they've they've got those masks that drop out of the ceiling anytime that the cabin explodes and the crew all dies so if you're already wearing your, you know, no agenda mask or whatever, you know, cheap mask you're wearing to make everybody safer around you while flying and the other masks come down, can you take the first mask off? No, no, <laughs> uh, double up. In fact, triple up. Make sure that you've got the the latex one over that blocks all airflow. And I mean, I just I don't know. Yeah, I hate flying I, I already. I Yeah, I, I there's nothing about this situation that has made me like flying more. We did an episode about that and go back and check that out because it was a good one. And yes, yeah, so you, if you're flying now, just if you don't have any right to complain about anything going on in a plane, if you're flying right now. So literally right before the show, um, I got a text message. I got a text message from the U.S. Census Bureau, and you're probably all going to get this same message but I wanted to read it to you because it fascinated me and I wanted to get your, your opinion on it. It says official message from the U S census bureau. We are asking you to complete a survey about how the coronavirus pandemic has affected your household. The results will help federal officials guide America's economic recovery. Your answers are confidential. Now I wanted to unpack some of that. Uh, but, but first of all, what do you think? The government texted you to begin with, is concerned yes. yes that's that's the first thought i had um yeah and, and i haven't gotten any text from the government yet although i don't know i, I mean i guess everybody well, I, somehow i, I, I imagine yeah it, given how generic this is i imagine everybody's going to get it i don't know why i got it first well, uh you're but, on a list yeah I'm, <laughs> i've been on several yeah, yeah. um yeah okay official message from the u.s census bureau already i'm i'm a little concerned i don't i i understand that it happened um, but I don't want the government to have my phone number. I don't like that. A little have uncomfortable. You, have you somehow verified this is actually from the government and the census department and not a phishing? No, <laughs> no like I said, I, I, I received it. What, what I just read to you is everything that I know that that and the, the number it came from, which was one of those five digit numbers. That would be um, a great way for a phishing campaign. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, and, and it might be actually, now that I think about it, I have no idea if this is the government or not. Come Cause to you're going to click on this and then they're going to go, well, what's your social security number just to verify who you are. Uh, although the URL that they give to, uh, to go and fill out the survey is covid.census.gov. So if they've managed to hack the census.gov, uh, now the thing after it kind of looks like one of those uh, it, the the random character salad things, which might just be the name that they gave the census, and it might be a, a customized one that's tailored exactly for me or at least my phone number. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I tried putting that into know. my uh, Brave browser here <laughs> in, uh, in Chirac. And I get unable to complete request at this time. Request was from an untrusted provider. Well, uh, yes, it ends with .gov. I told you about that. (laughs) No, but that's their that's the .gov response that actually comes up with a census header 
and then saying unable to complete this request because I'm from an untrusted provider, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they don't like Comcast. See, I got note since your browser does not support JavaScript, you must can press the continue button to proceed. Interesting. I, then, what? Okay. I, I, I don't know anything about this. Um, I will definitely include the, uh, the message in the show notes and somebody, you know, you, you'll probably get this too. Um, oh, I did get something in the regular mail from the census urging me to fill it out. But so no, far, that's all. No idea what this garbage is. But if, if you view source on that, there's, there's this long ass encrypted string. Nothing to worry uh, about, slave. Yeah. Continue on your normal day and give us oh, all of your the information. Reason, the reason that they want you to press the continue button is because they have a form which auto posts via JavaScript. And without the JavaScript, you have to press continue, which is a submit button for the HTML form. This is, <laughs> you know what? This does feel like a government site. They, they really don't know how to code. Hey, I, I'm watching. I start watching Silicon Valley again, which was a great series. And in the first episode, Erlock, the one character is wearing a T-shirt that says uh, proficient in HTML. And underneath HTML, it says how to meet ladies. <laughs> i just thought that said everything about us coders yeah. and, and internet that, kind of guys and that that was in fact uh a joke that we used back in the 90s yeah so it's it, it right spot on I, I don't remember ever hearing that before and if i did i just blocked it out because i thought it was quite humorous i was thinking it would back, be how to make love when, or something like that which maybe we need grumpy old ben's t-shirts like proficient in html how to make love well, this this was also during the same time when when real coders always looked down on anybody who claimed that HTML was a programming language. Yeah, it was basic, but it did things and then took it, over it the did world. Things. Well, it's it's a markup language, which is is frankly its code. So, uh, I mean, objectively, it's it's a type of code. It's not a generic programming language. Um, but, you know, we, back in the day, we were. We were uh, stuck up assholes who like to gatekeep things. So nothing's changed there. It, and by gonna, we, I mean people. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that it seems it seems like we're still keeping that pace quite well. Yes. Yes. Oh, so, um, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to investigate this, this census bureau, this covid.census.gov site. But uh, I, I just wanted to pull apart a couple other things from the, the admittedly short text message, uh, you know. Uh, a survey about how the pandemic has affected your household uh, is such a loaded term because, of course, as, as we pointed out, it's not the pandemic itself that has affected the house, uh, most households. It's the overreaction to it. Uh, the results will help federal officials guide America's economic recovery. I can think of nothing more ominous than that sentence right there. Well, they want more <laughs> money to be sent out when you're looking want you, at... I, I don't want you guiding America's economic recovery. How about you stop fucking putting up blocks and right. stop strangling the economy and let it recover on its own? Right. Get out of the here's, way. Here's the dark secret about government. Government does not produce anything. Government does not create any economic growth. Government does not stimulate anything. The only thing that government has the ability to do is to take degrees of freedom away from the economy to you know you can you can provide government stimulus but that government stimulus always came from 
taking money away from somewhere else. Uh, in every case, it, 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 it's the, the study of, of linear algebra or linear dynamics, uh, is, is always what I go back to, which I admit is it's kind of an advanced math topic, but, uh, it's the idea that the more degrees of freedom you have, the more opportunity that a system can seek the optimal result. And it's kind of like if you have, if you have something that can slide back and forth on an entire table and you, you know, you put a magnet under the table to try to get it, it will always try to slide to the spot above the table. But then if you lock it into one line, then the best it can possibly do is slide to the point on that line, which is nearest. And I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but effectively it, if, if you put constraints on something, it can't find the, the best possible case in efficiency is that you get the same efficiency as before, but in every other case, it can be worse. And the government's only tool is to put restrictions on the economy, which means that by definition, the best optimal economic result that a government activity can possibly have, this is theoretically provable, is to not put restrictions on the economy and the economy will seek its optimal state. And so having the federal government help guide America's economy, anything, every government action at absolute best will have no effect whatsoever and is most likely to make things worse. Well, yes, the stimulus that went out, you know, $1,200 a person, the case could be made. Nobody saw oh, this coming. Oh, Fletcher is fact checking me. Well, why would he want to do that? I mean, that's like a full time. He, he job. says government does produce something. They produce corruption. <laughs> He's not incorrect. And with these stimulus things, the one time thing, I get it. You could say nobody saw a pandemic coming. Nobody saw that all of these companies at the, at the time we were thinking shut down short term. We now know that unemployment's going to spike. A lot of businesses are not going to recover. But the one time stimulus payment, even the most staunch person on the right would go, OK, I get a case could be made for helping people out. What happens, though, once this was sent out, you now have people like the left, the AOCs and uh, Representative T-Lob or T-Lob, however you say her last name, who are now going, yeah, we need this. We need this monthly now. We need we need universal basic income. And that is a completely different concept yeah. than a one time fix. Hey, we need to help people out for the short term. The full time thing is something that would uh, totally take the economy and never allow it to come back. But the door has been open because now they can point the people on the left could point to, hey, you see, even the people on the right thought it was a good idea to give this stimulus to people. Right. So I, why I, giving I, I more don't. isn't good? I, I don't. Uh, it, here's here's the dark secret about the stimulus check. Um, it was already your money. It was stolen from you, from your paycheck before you received that paycheck. That's where that money came from. No, the no, no. This was all just printed. Appear. Well, this never existed okay. before. Okay, in that case, it was stolen much more insidiously. Yes. It was stolen out of your savings account by something called inflation, which makes your money worth less, which means the money was was taken from you in a way that is nearly impossible to track because that's what inflation is. If you if you create more money, everything costs more. Your money is not worth as much 
Therefore, the value represented by all of your savings and everything you own is now less. And where did that go? That's the money that the government suddenly said, here, this is ours now. But 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 quantitative easing, which yeah. is uh, uh, yet yet another uh, excellent PR bullshit term for the government stepping in and interfering with the economy, which makes things at best the same as they were before. Hey, your homework for this week, kids, is to look up the Weimar Republic and what happened to money, <laughs> or the or the Venezuela. Republic, oh yeah, that too. Or- <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Venezuela too was one of the richest countries around. Was thriving. Uh, the the oil fields there they had the most natural resources of almost anywhere in the Western Hemisphere, and they just stepped in, said, "We'd like to try socialism here. Let's watch the." most the the best natural resources the the richest place in the entire hemisphere let's go ahead and have everybody living in equal poverty shall we uh-huh just just for shits and giggles that as we always point out is the biggest misconception of socialism is everybody doesn't get to be kanye and kim they all get to be broke people flipping burgers if you're even lucky to get well, a job ex- flipping burgers. except for the the people running the system of course right i mean now you can't because, even get a job flipping burgers because we don't have any ground beef yeah because cor- corruption is a real thing and the people in the state are they're the ones who get to live in mansions and eat all the burgers and live like kanye but yeah. they, that they're the only ones who can because everybody else has to be equal right that's the only fair thing if everybody's equal yeah and and you but by the way you want to maximize everybody's total wealth um capitalism is it It, it, it's we are modern people are richer in every objective measurable way we are wealthier we are better off we are uh you know everybody has a television and a microwave and a place to store food and keep it cold which is something that the vast majority of humans in all of history could never get uh well we had to get everybody the cell phone so you could be tracked yeah everybody even the even people who are in poverty have these supercomputers in their pockets we are in every measurable way far far wealthier on, on average across everybody than we ever have been even the poorest in our society are so much better off than humans have ever been in history and the only reason why this is a problem is the politics of envy that's what the 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 left is and and the entire collectivist movement the movement that everybody should be equal is based entirely on envy well and fear fear is is a fantastic tool but but the why is it a problem if if i am wealthy enough to have this great computer in front of me with three monitors and uh the means to create any type of a hundred different foods and uh, the ability to talk to you across the country and the ability to get in my car and drive anywhere. These are all things that no human in history has ever had. And I'm a podcaster. I'm not relatively speaking all that wealthy, but I am pretty fucking prosperous when you consider all of human history. 
Why is it a problem that I have these things? Well, the only possible reason why the prosperity that I am enjoying just by being a member of this society is a problem is if I look at somebody who has millions of dollars and decide to envy them. And that is the mindset. That is the process that goes on when somebody says, oh, Jeff Bezos has too much. We need to take it away and make everybody equal. But like I was just saying, anytime that you throttle the economic output of a country, yeah, you're probably going to take proportionally more of Jeff Bezos's money by shutting down his company, but you're going to make us all poorer a little bit. And, and that is why, uh, you know, state sponsored collectivism like communism, socialism is so frightening is it is the result of envy uh, of people being envious of each other and looking across and saying, this person has more, I need to take it. And that base impulse, which I can't help but think that if more of us were religious, we might have been taught that that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That base impulse is, is what leads the, it's the cut off your nose to spite your face. It's we'll destroy our entire economy just because a few people have more than we think they should. Well, it's missing the other side of that coin, which is Jeff Bezos in our lifetime was broke and started a company company out of his parents' garage. So yes. instead of looking and, at capitalism and the United States of America as, hey, any schlub can go and make something of himself, it's really which which was true. Yeah. Uh, right up until we we started instituting economic policies that only allow the large mega corporations to continue to exist while we institute overbearing policies in left coast states that shut down all mom and pop businesses that are trying to get better. But yeah. We've also created a society of people that went, wait, to make money, I have to work? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, I, I don't. That, that's why I'm not rich. <laughs> that's, you know, exactly. That, you know, the people that overall have had success, the thing they have in common is that they work their asses off to get there and to build a product and to build a company to, you know, whatever it is, whatever aspect of life your work your job exists in you put the time in and you put the effort in in order to make things better so it's like yeah you could come here you could be a schlub you could make a company and that's a great thing i don't understand the other side of that which is we should all be equal and nobody can ever have anything again i think it is maybe the the sickness that you believe that socialism is everybody's a rock star Oh, yeah, I, 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 the only explanation I have come up with for the consistent assumption or, or belief or fanaticism that everybody must be equal at all costs is, is envy. It's the only thing I can think of. Well, let's and, now granted, I, I wasn't raised in a particularly religious institution. I was raised by a couple of people who, claimed to be Christian and generally held Christian beliefs, but we didn't go to the, to the church, uh, you know, where, wherever that place is, the, the big building with the stained glass, but don't they teach like in, in one of those important books that, that you're not supposed to envy people. Yeah. Okay. 
and work is a good thing. And we're now living in a time where collecting unemployment during this pandemic is often paying better than having a job. Oh, no, not not unemployment. It's UBI. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's getting there. It is getting there. And when all of these plans put into place, you can go back to FDR. There's a lot of these entitlements that were put into play to be a short-term help that have turned into long-term nooses, just like here in Illinois and I'm sure elsewhere, when they built all of these big shining expressways and they're like, gee, how are we going to pay for this? And they're like, oh, I have an idea. We'll make these roads tollways. And in 10 years, once it's all paid off, well, then we can pull the tolls off. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, The greatest lie told by every department of transportation everywhere is oh yeah when these bonds are paid off we'll remove the tolls i I don't know that that has ever happened if if that has ever happened on any road any publicly funded road ever somebody you know let me know tell tell me ryan at grumpyoldbenz.com i want to know if there are any roads ever that have been funded by a toll and then the toll was removed when they finished repaying the money yeah. And the last I heard here in Illinois, they screwed the workers now because of coronavirus. So the people that were actually working the booths where if somebody didn't have exact change where they'd come and they'd be able to get change, if you gave a five, 10, 20 bucks, whatever it was, they got rid of all the people, shut all that down because coronavirus. And you know, those people are never getting their jobs back. Now, if you go through a toll in Illinois and don't pay, They have your license plate because they got cameras. They're watching kids. They've got your car down. And if you don't go on their website and pay those tolls, you will get ticketed and told and fined and whatever sent you in the mail. Yay. Yeah, we we have those here, too. I I could put together an entire rant about the means that the Washington Department of Transportation uses for paying tolls. But the short version highlights is uh, that the toll collection is contracted out to a private company somewhere else and the state gets 35 percent of tolls collected to apply to the bonds for the construction and the other 65 percent is all administrative fees that go to this company in order to uh well uh to to rake in cash well that's efficiency 35 whole percent goes to what it was supposed to be going for that's yes that's that's government efficiency at its best i think i don't know if anybody and, and 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 in exchange, uh, we have these radio trackers that we all put in our cars so that uh, yep. every time you drive past a checkpoint on the freeway, uh, the fact that we drove past goes into a database. Yep. And we've already talked about the fact that the ones on the tollways aren't the only things reading that information. So go figure. Yep. Yep. Do you, now, I had a couple other tech stories, but we are pretty much out of the old time here on Grumpy Old Bands, and they, these things can wait until our next episode uh, do you have anything else on your list there uh the only other thing that i had was uh noting that twitter is is now blocking swearing but i don't know <laughs> the details of this they can't be. Uh, i've just seen a lot of people I, I i understand that so what i was wondering is are they actually planning on canceling half of the tweets are they is that their method for reducing server load is just prevent people from swearing and therefore cut down the traffic by 40 percent maybe i don't know if I, there, I did see a story maybe it's related maybe the same thing that the apps not the web interface but the apps were warning you if it seemed like your tone was a little too yeah, that that might be the one because this this was talking about the ios app yeah so it's like you're too mean too aggressive they'll warn you that your language might be 
incendiary. And we, we've seen this before in like email programs and somewhere else where people were posting like Big Brother telling you, Ryan, did you want to be that upset in the email you just wrote? Maybe think yes. twice before you hit send. Um, yes, I intended to sound that upset because for some reason, my ranting seems to be what what drives people to listen to grumpy old Ben's. Go figure that one. Yeah, they like the rant. There's no doubt about it. And we do have some people to thank. We work on the value for value model, as we talked about earlier in the show, which means we do grumpy old Ben's. We put it out there into the world. You can consume it as much as you want in any way that you want. And the only way we get paid is if you decide you got value and you turn around and give us some value value back in the form of sending in a donation. And we have one that's been in the P.O. box for a while that our great system that you know tells you when you have envelopes. For some reason, this one was missed. I don't know why, but that's the post office. I guess I'm, I, it's a government agency. I know it can't be 100%. Well, it's because you didn't install the right app, right? I I don't have an app. I'm supposed to get it via my Yahoo email, which is attached to my, uh, which is attached to the post office boxes. You know, I wouldn't want to give them Yahoo. Yeah. Yahoo. That's it. I have old Yahoo addresses for spammy things. Wow. That's what what I attach things to. So it's a throwaway. Okay. Yes. So it's a throwaway. Uh, But one I didn't see come in. It's been there for a few weeks from an anonymous donor. One eleven. Gosh. Eleven. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that is what we call an executive producer. That is an executive producer. And the number I'm sure means something one, one, one dot one, one. And it well, is, yeah, it's, it's a very, a bunch of tick marks that were like, just, you can write it really fast. That's probably it. Yeah. Like binary too. It's just boom. Yeah. There you go. But all on. Well, uh, what, one, 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 one in binary is a lot less. <laughs> okay. I hope the bank doesn't know that. Then the check will just come through like, Three cents. Ah, damn. It was a binary. <laughs> always, always write your checks in binary. It saves a whole lot of money. But anonymous donor, we thank you. Uh, the next one, which I just wanted to mention, was Mark Reinhardt, who we gave him credit because the post office thing to my Yahoo address did see this like a month ago. And I just haven't been to the P.O. box in like a month because, you know, coronavirus. And uh, we gave him credit for a donation. We didn't know what the donation was. So now that I actually went, well, my wife went, you know, you got to have people to do these things. Went to the post office, yes. opened up the envelope for, from, when, for when you're too scared to go outside. I get it. Right. I'm, I'm sheltering under the desk. I can pull the microphone down. Cower in place, citizen. I can still podcast from under the desk and then just have people deliver pizzas and whatever else I need. But Mark Reinhardt, a hundred dollar donation. So although we gave him credit on a previous show, wanted to give credit now that we actually got hands on the donation and it is much appreciated also coming in via paypal andrew pan bianco with 25 bucks bernard engel oh god that's a engel skircher i believe it sounds german um i'm not good with names you can tell that 10 bucks and coming in during the show today you're you're at least as good as jcd yes our buddy in the troll room, always Harry Hamster coming in again today, which is a lot of shows in a row. And we appreciate everybody for sending in their donations, for finding some value in my completely rational points that I make. And then the insane rants that Sir Bemrose goes on. We appreciate and, it. And some of the very sensible rants. 
wait, you've had sensible rants. I somebody would just not do, listening. I mean, we don't have a big enough audience yet, but sooner or later, somebody is going to launch a website uh, that basically fact checks or kind of does a Snopes thing on Bemrose rants. And they'll be like, oh, was this like one banana or three bananas? Yeah. How Well, just, just as long as there's a delay with the fact checking, because, uh, you know, things like like me saying that this was going to be overblown uh, 10, 10 weeks ago. Uh, you, you know, you, you can go go ahead and fact check that now that we're starting to get the facts. Net Ned's absolutely right. We've got the yin and yang going here on Grumpy Old Ben's. The well, facts, we never let facts get in the way of anything. and. We try to make sense out of the data that we have at the time. Sometimes that's better See, than others. You you don't come here for facts. That's <laughs> if you're coming to Grumpy Old Ben's for facts, you're doing it wrong. We're here to be entertaining, and I hope we've done that. And I we both really appreciate everybody who thinks that we have provided some value, and 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 you're showing it by sending us value again, and it's much appreciated. And by showing up live. Noagendastream.com when we do these things live on Monday at 11 yes, a.m. Central. By, by live live fact checking us in the troll room. 70 listeners in the troll room, in the, well, not in the troll room, on the stream listening, which is impressive for a little show like Grumpy Old Ben's. I mean, we're not quite No Agenda with 1,500 yet. So you need to tell all of your friends well, about Grumpy did. Old we, Ben's. We also haven't been around for 13 years yet. No, that's we're, true. That's that sounds like work, though. We talked about that. People are like, we're, work. we're catching up work. I don't want this work. Yes. This sounds like this sounds like a hassle. You want me to like work for money, but I could just sit home and the government can send me cash. And then, I mean, that's a whole nother rant because that breakdown to me always becomes, well, if people are getting paid to sit at home, who's going to be a doctor? Who's going to be the guy that does the tile work on your house? Because tile's a bitch. Our buddy Jay Finley was just found that out doing some tile work. Oh my gosh. All he's tile on. is I, I, I once tried to tile. All I did was the area around a sink, which was probably a grand total of about eight square feet. And that was all the tiling I ever needed to do. Thank you. <laughs> I helped my buddy when he moved into a house years and years ago, because my whole family at one point or another seemingly has been in the flooring business. So I got my buddy uh, a deal on some tile and he needed to get the tile, of course, to his house. So he went to like a budget rent a car or something and rented a pickup truck, which I think had like 150 miles on it. Nice little pickup truck loaded so much tile in this thing that by the time he brought it back, it was scraping the ground and the shocks were gone. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if they noticed, but uh, tile is not easy. It is hard work. And there's a lot of jobs that when you go to a society of like, well, just nobody has to work. Well, I'll just be paid to stay home. Nothing will ever get done. And then the problem, like you said, the envy thing becomes, well, if everybody's getting paid, let's just make it, you know, pie in the sky, a million bucks a year. That's great. We're all millionaires. But now for somebody that's going to do tile work, well, nobody wants to do that. So that guy's going to make five million a year. And then envy is back because why is this asshole get yes. five million? Yes. Well, and, and just understand that if we do institute socialism, we'll be just like Venezuela, where everybody is a millionaire. In fact, everybody there, I think, is a billionaire. But they and can't get a, toilet paper. Well, neither, take, neither well, they, we. well, they can they can get toilet paper. Five billion dollars a roll. <laughs> hey, I'm in on that. Where do I go to Venezuela and eBay? I have a few rolls. <laughs> Shipping's the real problem there. Oh, yeah, you do have a point. But if you want to be like the cool kids and give some value back, go to grumpyoldbens.com. Hit the subscribe button. 
find the P.O. Box address, find the QR code for Bitcoin. All those are viable, fun solutions and a way to give back some value to Grumpy Old Benz. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Subscribe, rate, all those kind of good things to help spread the word. We're still, even though we've been around now for over a year, as scary as that may seem, we're still just that little grassroots podcast. And we thank everybody for the funds and we thank everybody for giving us their time, which is extremely valuable. And, and let me be one of the first to announce the, uh, uh, I just want to, I'm excited about this. So I want to uh, announce the impending return of void zero to the no agenda stream. Yay. Uh, coming, coming next month when he gets his studio set up, which is now in, you know, acquiring a new house is, is never a fast process but he is he's getting his new place and they're gonna have a new studio and i am looking forward to hearing void zero be on the air again plenty of stories about changing diapers coming soon yes poor guy but he's having fun that's the one that's the plus and i wish him luck with moving in i mean we think it's crazy just to sit at home and, and cower in place under this pandemic uh moving houses that is not uh that is not yeah. to be taken lightly in the best of times. So send Void Zero, everybody, some house moving karma and uh, hope that all goes well for him. And just make sure to take the little resources with you. Don't let them get lost in the move. Uh, well, it depends on how much you like them. <laughs> well, that's true. Your parents tried to leave you at the side of the road at least once or twice, right? But you just found your way home. Anyway, uh, yeah. with that said, I am Darren O'Neill. Coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'm hiding under the desk because sunlight kills, man. And from America's left coast, where my governor can beat up your governor. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, yeah, because our governor is totally fat, out of shape, and a total blob of goo. <laughs>